Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week, the ins and outs of becoming a head of design. Our thanks to DuckDuckGo for sponsoring this week's episode. Kevin. Turn down for what? <laughs> Turn down for layout. <laughs> Turn down for layout. Uh, hello. Hi, how's it going? Once again, our schedules are all over the map, all over the place. Yep. But you wouldn't know that because we're still releasing at the right time. Oh yeah, the magic of the internet. And editing, I think. So yeah, we're recording over coffee. the weekend. We're seeing like the different energy levels of like the different recording times that we're getting. So um, yeah, this yeah. is A/B test. This is an A/B test. See what <laughs> what produces the the best outcomes. <laughs> Who's the most energetic co-host? Would you say? Probably you. I think it would be you. I don't think so. I'm always tired when I <laughs> when I record this. Usually it's late for me. So I don't know. Who knows? But I used, uh, like I said, mentioned last last week. Last week? No, a couple of days ago. Uh, last episode. Uh, sometimes I used to run and jump around in my apartment before I, before <laughs> I hit record. Pump those energy levels. Hi. Nice. All right. Uh, let's start with some follow up because believe it or not, even if we literally just posted the episode, we already have some follow up on the topic that never dies, which is uh, airplay support in uh, TVs. So. Um, Someone on the internet has posted a um, like a petition <laughs> to get LG to bring AirPlay two <laughs> to older LG TVs, and uh, let's be honest, like let's let's be real here, these things never work. Uh, mm. But I still signed it anyways <laughs> because why not? Um, so we'll put a link in the show notes uh, if you're also an owner of an older generation LG TV and think they should uh, support it. You can go and sign it. Right now, it's a little over 2,000 people, which is kind of sad. Um, <laughs> definitely nowhere near enough. But uh, who knows? After the entire layout nation goes, goes on there and, uh, and signs a petition, maybe they will, LG will be crushed under our power and we'll have no choice but to release a software update for older TVs. So there you go. That sounds doable. Yeah. By the way, is that what we're calling it? Layout Nation? Is that the sanctioned I, th- I think term? so. I just came up with it. But it sounds pretty good. Layout Nation. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's it for follow-up. Okay. Well, uh, I'm really excited about uh, this week's, this episode's topic. Um, before we jump into that, uh, let, let me tell you about our sponsor for the week. All right. This week's sponsor is DuckDuckGo. And their mission statement is privacy simplified. They are setting the new standard of trust online, empowering people to take control of their information. You might have heard of DuckDuckGo. Uh, They are best known for their amazing private search engine. But what you might not know is that they also have a suite of mobile apps. They have browser extensions and an incredible and diverse design team. And guess what? They are hiring. So if you have never tried DuckDuckGo's search engine, you should, because it's just a better search engine. And uh, nowadays, users don't know they're being tracked online until it's too late, honestly. And at DuckDuckGo, they don't think the internet should feel so creepy, and uh, getting the privacy you deserve online should be as simple as closing the blinds. And you know what? I agree. So I don't know if you know this, but you can set DuckDuckGo as your default search engine right now in Safari, for example. So if you're on iOS or Mac, you can go to Safari settings and set DuckDuckGo as your default search engine. And just by doing that, uh, you can see how good it is. You don't have to take my word for it. Now, I thought they, you know, DuckDuckGo was a pretty cool company with pretty cool products. But then I realized that not only they do and they are, but they also have a kick-ass design team. Last September at the Framer Loop conference, 
um, you know, both me and Kevin attended. One of the best talks of the day was by uh, Holly Hapsrikal. Uh, on making ethical design decisions and uh, we had a pleasure of meeting her and get to know a, a bit more about what what they're doing and it's it's pretty cool i i'm, I'm being honest um i'm gonna drop a link um to the video of that talk in the show notes so if you didn't have a chance to attend Premier loop you can you can watch that talk online it's on youtube um you should give it a look but so going back <laughs> at duck go ethical design is simply design as designers behind the products that you use every day, they fight for your best interests uh, with their design and research skills, and they care about creating products that have a positive effect on your life. And there are two key things about the way designers work there and how they make these possible. Um, one, designing ethically is part of their mission. It's it's core to the, to, to the company's objectives and what they stand for, and uh, everything they do aligns with one overarching, you know, ethically focused statement, which I told you at the top, is they're setting the new standard of trust online, empowering people to take control of the information. And second, they operate with transparency and respect, and I know they put uh, effort into the design of the organization, not just of design of the products, and that they may be a small team, uh, but they're not a young and have no idea what they're doing a small startup. <laughs> They've been around for a while. They are they are mature in, in how they operate and how they're organized. So, from you know, onboarding new people to be transparent and clear about you know career paths and career growths, um, they have the best of both worlds. They have the maturity of a big company, but you know they move fast and they feel like a small company. It's pretty cool. So the whole company, not just designers, they all feel like they have a responsibility to design ethically uh, in support of their mission. And I gotta say, not a lot of companies can say this. Like Part of their mission statement is effectively be good <laughs> and not be creepy. And uh, they they are like one of the good players. They'll... So and again, not a lot of companies can say this. So uh, they wanted to sponsor Layout because they want you and all of the, you designers, they want you to know that they're hiring. Uh, not only are they hiring, um, they are hiring for remote p positions. So anywhere in the world, <laughs> no matter where you are, you can join this amazing team and design these amazing products. Um, so again, they're hiring remote positions for senior visual designers. Um, and you can go make the internet a better place, please, <laughs> to check them out. Um, check out their, their careers page. You can go to duckduckgo.com slash hiring. And, you know, even if you're happy at your job, um, even if you're okay, check that page. Look at those pictures. Look at that team. Look at what they're doing and, uh, you know, give them a shot. So, and if you visit that page, you're also helping us lay out. So once again, duckduckgo, thanks so much for sponsoring. And um, yeah, back to the show. Thanks, uh, future Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> this is totally not edited in. Uh, the magic of editing. <laughs> so l last week, before we, you know, off the record, before we started recording, uh, we were talking about, you know, just whatever, catching up, uh, what was going on in our lives and stuff. And uh, so I, I don't know when I announced this. I think it was in layout, like officially. I. I took over, and Netlify, I took over as head of design. And uh, so in the first couple of weeks, I was like, cool. <laughs> Yay, head of design, sure. Let's, let's, you know, bring it on. Let's do it. Uh, but then quickly I realized that I have no idea what this actually means and what is expected. And the more I thought about it, the more I, you know, put in the time and work to try to, you know, nail my responsibilities and what I, uh, you know, what is, what, what is, success for a head of design the more i realize that is this is a position that it's not very well defined in the in the sense that like it can change dramatically the you know depending on how big a company is uh or you know how old and mature this company is and whatever um so i was struggling a little bit with it and then as i was as i was uh Writing down my OKRs for this quarter, I was writing down like the team's OKRs, you know, what do we want for the design team, uh, my personal OKRs, and then I was going through, you know, my 
uh, fellow designers and stuff. And I realized that my own OKRs is the same as the team. And so I just realized that <laughs> the head of design is just making sure the team succeeds, no matter what that takes. Uh, <laughs> so you can be you can be mostly a manager if you have a big team to manage. You can be <laughs> You can do a lot of IC work um, if you have a small enough team that you need, uh, you know, need IC work. So I don't know. Just I thought I'd just kick this conversation, and I would love to hear your thoughts on the matter. And like, you know, how for you, what do you see as a head of design? Actually, wow, uh, <laughs> that's a really tough question. <laughs> um, like, for the sake of this conversation, like, I just want to make this clear. I have never been a head of design. <laughs> like, you, do you have more experience on this than I do, like, in, in this regard? Um, I've, I've been leading teams for a while now. Um, but it, it maybe is a little bit different. Um, and I think that's probably part of the nature of, like, the quote-unquote head of design role is that it is very specific to your size, your organization, the kind of team, even the kind of work that you're doing, mm-hmm. I think will influence a lot like what those tasks will be. Um, so I think you're right in a sense that it's like the responsibilities of a head of design is make the team successful. Um, but um, in a way, I kind of see it as... Um, like a little bit more than that, because I think it can get be easy to get lost into um, just focusing on the team. So I think mm-hmm. to me, it's like focusing on um, the team, the company, and the product are like the mm-hmm. three sort of key pillars that I sort of identify. So team is like making sure that everyone's happy, that um, people are growing, that they're learning new things, they're in the right roles for them, that um, you also, you know, I like we can maybe get into the specifics and like feel free to interrupt me if you want to like dig into some of these. But um, like a big aspect of team too is figuring out like, do I have all the people that I need right now? Um, and like, could I like what would be the impact of like adding additional team members? Because sometimes it might feel like, oh yeah, I think I like generally have enough people, um, which tends to be like my personal thing. Like I'm, I think if I have to analyze like my leadership, I tend to always try to do a lot with the people I have. Um, but I've been like slowly getting better at saying like. You know, like we can get everything done if we have all the people we have right now. But if we get like two additional people, like that gives us like so much more like spare sort of brain cycles to like to think about the future um, Hmm. in the way that like we wouldn't be if we were like so focused on the present and just executing on that. And that having like a slightly bigger team would actually be way more beneficial to the business so like it's like kind of stuff like this that you want to balance and also on the other hand like you don't want to hire someone and not have any tasks for them right like yeah like you definitely have to manage that um so i think and like also you know what kind of people do you want to hire you know um generalists you want to hire someone specific for this one you know skill set that you feel like your your team's lacking um yeah exactly it's, it's all about it all goes under the team uh category but yeah i mean also having that like sixth sense to see what do you think your team needs in terms of you know personnel <laughs> and uh, how do you want to grow it like do you want to have a dedicated marketing and dedicated product person like early days do you want to have one cohesive design team across multiple orgs or you know i think all of that is something that i've i'm currently thinking and trying to figure out as well yeah org is uh <laughs> unfortunately a big part uh of mm-hmm. of the role probably um and honestly like again i'm i'm not a head of design and like i don't want to pretend like i am uh but even just like you know like leading a few teams right now um like 
the org chart is something you have to care about. Um, and weirdly enough, um, like maybe that's already happened for you, but maybe like it's it might be less uh like impactful at a smaller scale, but at a bigger for scale, sure. um, you quickly start to realize that hey, a lot of problems are actually org chart related, mm. <laughs> um, which sounds like kind of you know the. I feel like it sounds cor- it sounds like corporate and like you know like the <laughs> yeah. office style of like just you know politics and stuff, but it's really not about that. But sometimes you realize like oh like. I don't know, like, why does, um, I don't know, why does design never get, um, kind of a seat at the table for, for strategic decisions? And then you realize, mm-hmm. oh, but wait a minute, like, like, there's no peer for, for design at, like, for example, to the, the product organization. So, like, you have, a bunch of product managers um, that make the decisions, and then there's there's nobody that's in a senior role on the design team that can be the equivalent of that person to kind of represent design. So it's like, oh, okay, well, like it's not about me asking all the people on my team to like try harder because <laughs> that's that's not going to work, or even um, asking the product managers to like you know you have to like work with other designers more because the reality is like sometimes. Like you can't make decisions with like 30 people in a room. So you need one person to kind of like mm-hmm. act as that, um, that decision maker that can represent uh, design. And that's just like one silly example that I just like came off the top of my head. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think, yeah, org is like definitely something that um, you'll probably start to uh, think about maybe more than you have in the past. I don't know if that was something that was top of mind for you before. Um, but Not now really. it's definitely like you'll start seeing like, I mean, if, if you, I I think like a big part of the role is like having that, um, being able to take that step back and analyze like what's going on. Uh, but like when you, when you do that, like you'll start to realize that like, Hey, org plays a big part into the stuff that I do. And this is like a thing I have to worry about now. (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, like naturally, organically the past week. And so uh, have been like I alternate like one day I'm mostly just doing management stuff and the other day I'm trying to do some IC work and push up you know push out some UI and uh, it just goes like in that cycle. <laughs> um, right. I'm I'm still pretty bad at balancing things and you know if you can avoid context switching uh, that always helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but like yeah, at the end of the day, I just realized that there's a bunch of stuff that I wasn't even you know thinking about uh because it, it wasn't my place to do that but um i feel like now <laughs> if i had to describe you know what what are the responsibilities of editor design it's like everything falls on you eventually uh like oh you know your team needs to, to grow if you feel like you don't have enough resources hire people and if you are on a big enough of a team in where you can like if i need to hire people let's get a recruiter on and help me out um but if you are if you don't have recruit recruiters like a small team, then you hire the person <laughs> like it's it's on you you have to figure out how to solve your problems like when is it time for a redesign of the product when do you feel like maybe the u i is not you know it's 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 not holding up and needs uh, some rethinking well it's on you like you decide <laughs> you have to consider that, but also you know always having the company's goals and you know in line it's not you can't operate uh, in a silo and just for your own sake um and, and like right now for me is also like oh i need to push out some some marketing pages and stuff if i don't have the resources well you do it like eventually <laughs> it will fall on you right? right so i've been doing a lot of ic work as well and it's it's like it's freaking me out a little bit because it's like it it's a bit overwhelming you know, having that feeling, it's eventually it's your fault, <laughs> right? Well, okay, um, there's a couple of things I, I'd like to unpack there because I think you're right that um, as like a head of design, it's every like with anything design related, the like everything stops at you. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So you're ultimately responsible um, for everything, but um, you 
like you shouldn't do everything. Like you're you're basically like responsible for things happening and finding the right people to do these things. Um but I think like a a rabbit hole that I certainly have gotten myself into before is like thinking that oh, I have to do this. Like I have to do that. I have to do this. And and oftentimes like you can like delegate these responsibilities to other mm-hmm. people. Um like they have to do it well <laughs> for sure but um like what i always say is that um like as an ic like the way that you increase your impact is like taking on more and more responsibilities so like doing more um and the way you grow as like a manager is doing less <laughs> mm-hmm. is how do you like take stuff that you're doing that could be done better by something someone else um and that's like a very different skill to develop um but i think it removes like a lot of the the pressure on you to be like to be both like great at hiring and great at giving feedback and great at this and great at that like it's just like not possible for you to for one person to be great at all these things so it's like Mm -hmm. finding the key areas where um only you can you know figure out this problem and and owning those but then finding out like okay what are my weaknesses like the things that i'm not great at um and finding like other ways to have these things be done whether that's through um like hiring someone else to do these things or um scaling someone on your team to do them or even like maybe like you're not good at something, but you actually need to get better at it. Um, and in that case, you mm-hmm. just like need to learn more about it. But at the end of the day, it's on you to make those calls and to delegate if needed. And it's on you still, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So how do you, I, I know it's only been like a short period of time, but mm-hmm. how have you dealt with that sort of pressure and responsibility so far? Um, I think I'm doing okay because I haven't lost my mind yet. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I haven't had a panic attack just yet. Uh, but it also has been like a gradual, slow, like reveal to myself of what exactly entails, you know, this position and, you know, entails and what responsibilities are. Because actually that's one thing that, not that long ago, I realized, you know what? I never actually, you know, talked to my peers and my, you know, my bosses and whatever about what what success is, right? Like right. that was never clear to me, and that that was like the slow, you know, the the reveal, like, oh shit, wait, actually, I don't know what this position is all about. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> so it's been like it's been, you know, gradual, and I've been incredibly lucky because it's, you know. I'm not taking over an existing like design team and I'm taking over a set of designs like this is I'm starting from scratch effectively. So there's not like a lot of context and baggage that I have to take over and and, and figure out uh how to deal with that. Uh so for example, you know, hiring and managing a team, I've been incredibly lucky because I managed I we hired um uh, a good friend of mine and someone that I've known uh, in the past and not only is this person incredibly talented, uh, but he's just like a nice person. And I know this person already. So there's like a lot of, I don't have like to learn how to work with this person, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like there's already some, you know, some uh, context there and we kind of know each other. So that effectively, like I am being a manager in easy mode, like very easy <laughs> mode. I got it very easy. Uh, also, we're like in the same time zone. So, you know, it just, this is again as easy as it can be, which is, it, I'm really grateful for. Uh, and it's been, it helps me th- with this transition. Like, I'm gradually, uh, you know, leaning into this new, new role. So I feel like I'm lucky. And, and again, it's been only like a month, uh, not even. So I think I'm taking, I think I'm doing okay for, you know, all things considered. Nice. Yeah, because I know there's, at least for me, just like going into leadership, there's an adaptation period because it's it's a lot to take in at first. Um, And it very much does feel like everything is your responsibility. And I I think that's something you also have to to learn that 
sometimes things are not gonna go as planned <laughs> and mm-hmm. like it's gonna happen and it's fine like <laughs> that <laughs> like you can't see everything and and do everything perfectly like all that matters is how you react to it and how you adapt so like there's like i i often see this like when it comes to um like growing people on your team that like hey i can give you as like as much of my like personal experience and i can give you like interesting challenges and i can uh like put you in the right situations to learn but at the end of the day like you, like you have to want to do that like you have to want to get better and you have to be asking the those questions to get the the right information that's going to enable you to grow but i can't make you grow if you don't want to like there's a shared yeah. responsibility um and so the same thing applies here like obviously like you're at like one uh one person on your team um who's like seems like pretty great uh but sometimes like it happens that like you might hire someone that's not the right fit <laughs> um mm-hmm. and like we don't have to get into the, like this whole thing but like like it often feels like this like you bear the responsibility of this but like at the end of the day it's like well like any hire is a risk and there's no way to have no risk yeah. and like sometimes it happens so like where do we go from now um right. and just like relieve a little bit of that pressure from you and be like well you know that happened and it, this is not me this is a separate situation yeah it's not it's not really uh, avoiding mistakes because those are going to happen 100 like for sure it's how you deal with them right yeah. and how you fix them it's not like you don't have any problems there and you, you will never fail is how you fix it so you know the bad hire is an example uh it's not like you fail if you if you make a bad hire is the question is, if you make a bad hire, how do you deal with that? How do you fix it? Yeah. Do you let the person go? Do you, you know, try to work it out? Do you whatever? Just fix it. Yeah. <laughs> um, One thing that was interesting that you mentioned is, um, you know, realizing that you hadn't set expectations for, for mm-hmm. what that role would be. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like, can you elaborate on how you did that? Like, how was that conversation like? What was that process of defining what your expectations would be for the role and sort of seeing with i assume probably the the ceo um Mm -hmm. and just having like a really honest conversation of like okay here's what i think like you should expect of me like is that is that it (laughs) um i don't know pretty pretty much uh like luckily we were already like aligned there was no surprises um but still it was a conversation that they had to be done that we had to have but uh uh, it was all over when I was going over my OKRs and I effectively like made a plan for the team, like for this quarter. Like I think if by the end of this quarter, if we achieve these goals, I think we would be in a very good place. Um, and so I set those team OKRs as my own. Like, so if this is where I want a team to go, then this is what I have to do. Right. These are also my goals. Right. So then I had a conversation with, with, CEO, uh, and it was like, hey, this is, you know, we never actually talked about the specifics in the details. Uh, these are my plans and my goals for the team and for myself for this quarter. Um, like, what do you think of these? And are, are these aligned with also what you expect from the design team? Um, and effectively, just like, you know, make sure that we were aligned and uh, there were no surprises. Um, and, and yeah, that's how it went. Cool. Nice. Um, another thing you mentioned was how, like, obviously at that size, you're still doing, um, like design work. Um, and I like mm-hmm. how you've separated, like, okay, one day I'm going to be <laughs> doing design work and one day I'm going to doing like more leadership type things. Um, but how do you define, like, especially because you're working with, um, another designer, how do you define like the kind of stuff that you're going to be working on and the kind of stuff that he's going to be working on? That is a great question. I don't know if that's like a whole new show, a uh, new episode. I hmm. like, sure. I have a lot of context, a lot of 
just like awareness and uh, I know all the ins and outs of our product, of marketing, right, of all design work, just because I've been here the longest. And this new hire doesn't. So, uh, so far, I've been, I don't want to overwhelm this person because uh, I also want this person to succeed. So if I give like, quote unquote, like hard tasks that are very likely, you know, very, it's very likely that this person would, you know, struggle a little bit to find its place. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm trying to avoid that, at least, you know, in the beginning. I think it has to be a gradual thing. So, um, like throughout, like, let's say one day, there's a lot of calls, there's a lot of meetings, and there's a lot of planning. And I, uh, you know, we can identify some of the, like, UI work that needs to be done and there's a lot of st- stuff missing and there's all the GitHub issues and I am on tra- <laughs> I'm keeping track of all the things that had to be done and then I try to see like what's the easiest to tackle that doesn't require a lot of context like in the product for example like our product is pretty complex right and there's a lot of you know it's it's hard to be aware of all the features all of the things that Netlify does and stuff and it, for me, it took me <laughs> years, <laughs> and I'm not even there. Like I, I don't know exactly what everything that we do. I still learn new things every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, like, luckily there was this big project, important project, but kept falling down in our priorities. I think, um, especially you know when, when you have such a small design team and there's a lot of design work needed, some things just keep falling down uh, in the priority list. So, like, but it was a very like isolated project. A little mm-hmm. bit, so that was like, but it's still a big project, and I think that's going pretty well because it was like, on day one, your first project, you're going to be in charge of it. You're going to lead this, right? Right. Um. So in a way, you're empowering this this new hire. Uh, but it doesn't need like oh, and you have to work within this you know design system and these constraints, and it has to be in line with everything we I've been doing <laughs> for the past year <laughs> or whatever. Like that, that's a hard ask. So. I try to find these little projects, right? Like right. smaller, more isolated uh, things that like I'm trying to empower people. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's but th- that's pretty awesome. I think that's that's very much the right way to do things. Um, having like something that a, the person can own, like by themselves, because mm-hmm. um, I think like I've s- certainly like had my share of like trying different things with with different people, and I often find that giving that like um like allowing them to be autonomous a little bit on that like at least that first project um is like just makes things better because obviously like they're new to the team they're gonna like want to like not change things too much and it's also hard for them to Mm -hmm. like jump on a project that has like so much like prior context and and knowledge and it gets it becomes like really hard to execute and especially Mm -hmm. like if you're still also contributing and like having to like you know, you want to you want to avoid like stepping on any toes. So having something that's like very clearly defined, that it's like it's theirs, they can own it. Um, is just I just find it's the best way to go. One reason I asked, and maybe it's something like you'll see, um, but I found that oftentimes like a challenge with me doing uh, design work uh, is <laughs> that like when you're doing design and producing design work yourself it makes it a little bit harder for you to be critical about mm. the work um because i don't know i i think like you have like an external perspective when you are um like you're not the person who designed the thing <laughs> so mm. you so you can have that more like unbiased look at it and and be able to judge it for what it is versus like when you're designing it yourself then that's a little bit harder um and if you're the person who's like sort of approving a design sign off. <laughs> yeah right. doing the sign off like then it actually makes it like really tough because you you have to feel like really strongly about like what you've designed mm-hmm. and and sometimes that's totally fine like you know, you seem like you have like a pretty good good grasp on on the product and everything. But um, sometimes, like I have felt that it's like, yeah, like normally I would be the person to approve this, but like if this is something that I made, I actually want someone else to, <laughs> to yes. give this the okay to this um, because I am like a little bit biased in that case. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, I even even though like I'm head of design or whatever, I never felt entitled to like approve it by myself. Like nothing mm-hmm. goes without a review by every not everyone in the team but like you know 
the engineering team, you know, the front end engineers, uh, what do they think? Uh, what about copy? Can someone give me, you know, from the documentation team or something, can someone give me a look and approve yes or no? Uh, right. Like it goes through so many people still, which uh, can be challenging also, right? If you're like, I'm pretty sure this is great. This is great. And we can, you know, we can be in a feedback loop forever. Uh, so I just want to sign off. No, no, this is what we're doing. Go. Um, that is very enticing. <laughs> I would love to do that, but I, I haven't. And honestly, at least in in this company, in this team, it's not like that would never fly. Like it's not part of our DNA. I mean, I hate that. that's pretty cliche, but like that's not how we ever worked. So trying to bring that uh, now, I don't. It, I would see a lot of resistance. I would say. And also, like, every single little tweak design work that I'm still putting out, uh, I still have the rest of my design team to give me feedback and, and give me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, help me out as well. So even though, sure, maybe I'm, like, the lead designer on the little project, but I, it's not like I'm, I'm working alone, right? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, like, it also depends on the size of your team. Like, you... You will get to a size where it's not realistic to have like everyone get their input and get their say. Uh, But Mm -hmm. by the time, by that time, like arrives, like you may not do as much design work yourself. I don't know. You'll you'll see. Like, but I think that's maybe like an interesting uh, thing to talk about um, is like the realities of the quote unquote head of design role um, is that this role evolves all the time like compared to any other role where you're like you're a designer and maybe like you move on to a senior designer role like that's like a explicit change of title and like with clearly defined like different expectations but head of design you're sort of like well you know you're sort of at the top like (laughs) uh, but that means that like if you go from a company that's i don't know how many company people works at nfi but like a company that is like 20 people to a company that is 100 people and to a company that is like 3000 people mm-hmm. like that what that role is is going to be so different so so different um and so you just have to like keep sort of resetting these expectations uh mm-hmm. for yourself even though there's no like clear milestone like like when we talk about it this way of like oh okay like 20 people versus 100 it seems like okay that's a big jump but in reality, like you hire like one person at a time, so it's like sort of slowly creeping up on you. It's a gradual progression. Yeah. With great titles come great responsibility. A <laughs> <laughs> um, product designer at a twenty-person company, you know, the responsibilities there or the day-to-day, uh, you know, their day-to-day is not that different from a product company at a you know five hundred-person company. Uh, you know, of course, it, <laughs> there are differences, of course. Like, for example, if you have a great uh, research team, you know, that's not, you're probably, as a product designer, you're not going to be doing much research work, for example. Or if you have a dedicated prototypers, you know, maybe you're not going to do a lot of prototyping. But but at the end of the day, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, while I had the design, yeah, it keeps changing. And it's, I feel like it's, you have the other titles and whatever's left that's head of design or in a head of whatever design or insert uh you know work um meaning <laughs> whatever's left to do it's on you i <laughs> feel like right so if if ever if you have great recruiters then maybe hiring is not on you right cuz you got that covered but there's whatever's else <laughs> maybe falls on you does that make sense I didn't. I don't think. Yeah. I yeah. More or less. Like I think. Explaining it. Like you can never. <laughs> welcome to the world of management. You can never like <laughs> fully, <laughs> fully uh uh like, you know, stop thinking or worrying or caring about a specific part. So even if you have the best researchers in the world, like there will still be a part of your brain that thinks about hiring. Yeah. Of uh, course. <laughs> uh, of course. So, but but yeah, I think. Uh, generally i think you're right is there anything that like has changed for you since then everything (laughs) since when since when well since that that changed like 
going from what you were doing before to being like the head of design, like just going through like some of the obvious things change, but, um, but like, what are some, maybe, I don't know if, if there's anything, but like some more subtle things that have changed for you in mm-hmm. your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Of course, like the biggest change and it's not, uh, you know, it's not because of the head of design title. It's more like being a manager in general, like having someone to manage holy crap, like you know this very well, but it changes so much, especially when you personally hire the person. Like I feel so responsible for this person's like happiness. And like and I have, I feel like it's on me to keep this person motivated and excited and, mm-hmm. you know, happy and, and successful and all this. Like it's on me. And, and it's like this new layer of responsibility and almost like guilt. Like if something <laughs> goes bad, I feel like, I feel bad. Like it's, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I yeah, I brought this to your life now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, so that is like a huge change. Mm-hmm. Um, like waking up and going over, you know, a stand up and making sure, like, what are you doing today? Are you excited? Are you okay? You know, how can I help you? And anyway, all of that is new. Is a bit frightening, uh, but it's you know, it's 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 what it is. You know, it's natural. Um, but the I think the the biggest but most subtle change um, was some people, like head of product, for example, they stopped asking me how can we do something and started asking me what are we doing? <laughs> it's it's very like subtle change, but uh, you know I've been very focused on, all right, what is the problem that we're tackling? And try and solve this one. Okay, let me as a designer try to come up with a good solution. How can we solve and fix this problem? And now it's like, what kind of problem are we solving? You know, <laughs> like right. I I I, re- I remove myself like one level deep, right? Like one level higher up, and it's a different set of questions and problems to solve. Um, and you know, imposter syndrome was never you know, <laughs> never as a prominent as it is now uh again i have no idea what i'm doing uh <laughs> but yeah that 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 was a big change yeah i think that's good advice for even just any designer listening to this like i think we can get so caught up into how are we going to solve like this specific problem that sometimes we forget to take a step back and say like wait is that the right problem that we should be solving at all <laughs> even in the first place um and I feel like for me, like that's been like a huge part of just my growth as a designer, like starting to mm-hmm. uh, not only like start thinking about this, but getting good at that part. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and like, I, I think like that has such a big impact on the kind of work that you do. And I, I now often am the person in the room that's like, oh, we can totally solve this problem for you if you want, but I'm not sure that this is this is right. This is what we should focus on. And like having that conversation, I think is like to me at least is so much more interesting um and so much more rich than than like, you know, debating between like option A or option B. Like mm-hmm. not that there's anything wrong. Like I like love sweating the details of every single thing that I do. Um but I often find that like having that strong foundation of like what kind of problem that we want to be addressing just make then makes everything else better. Like mm-hmm. that once we have that and we have that clarity of purpose then we can really do our best work and, um, and produce something that's really great. But when there, we lack that clarity of purpose and that problem that we're trying to solve, then oftentimes like we'll be designing something and then like we'll, we'll like start having questions and doubt ourselves and we don't really know like what that success looks like. So we'll like go in that cycle of like not being sure where we stand. Whereas where we have that clarity is just everything is so much easier and often fine. Again, like we we talked about how before like some you realize started realizing some problems are um like org structure related problems uh you also like realize that hey like the problem with a lot of people on my team is like not necessarily their abilities as a designer like they're fine they're great but um sometimes it's in like the what we're solving part like that's where the problem is and this requires you like again as a as a manager to just 
have to go beyond like sort of the traditional thing of what is expected of you it's like well if like a problem is like more on like product side you have to figure it out like make it happen if the problem is around something else that's completely different you also have to figure it out Uh, so for me i really love that aspect because i not that i get bored very easily but i i'm (laughs) incredibly curious person and so Mm -hmm. i love the opportunity to like dive into different types of problem and apply the stuff that i know to these different sort of different angles um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think i think that's like a super exciting part to to like get to actually shape not only how we do something but what we do um and why so yeah very nice damn i like that i love that clarity of purpose (laughs) um maybe one last thing uh to address is because i i remember like we've been talking about this for a really long time um Mm -hmm. i think like I think we might have even talked about that on design details like a long time ago when mm-hmm. we were both in, on the show uh and you were you were saying how like no like I want to I want to be a designer like I don't I'm not interested in management like I want to do I I love you know being like sitting on the computer and just creating like great like design work mm-hmm. um how's that changed for you Oof, asking the hard questions. Um, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> like I, by the way, I don't disagree with that statement yet. Like I, I, I still agree. I still, it still rings true to me in where there's something I really wanted to do in like in my life. I wanted to be better. I see as well. Uh, but the, what happened here and what changed things was um, very, you know, influenced by by environment and what was going on and uh, who quit the team and who joined and whatever. (laughs) Um, I think the company became more important to me than my, you know, my career goals or whatever, like, or like being a designer was less important to me than the success of the company and Mm. me taking over this role. um, It's not, because like this is what I wanted to do, and this is what you know the career path I want to take was more of I need to do this right now for the success of the company and for you know I think someone needs to do this, I can do this, so let me do it um and it was more you know in along those lines and hey i i am I am allowing myself to you know at the end of the quarter when we go back and you know review what happened. You know, I might hate it, and I might, I might, you know what? No, this is not for me, which is completely fair. And I am, you know, allowing myself for that to happen. I, I won't see that as, you know, failure on my end if I don't enjoy and don't succeed in this role. Um, so it's more of like, you know, I'll try and do my best, and we'll see. I think that's a really good attitude to come into it. It's so hard, like, it's so hard to know if you're going to like something before you actually try it. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's so awesome that, like, now, like, you have that opportunity to do it and you're taking it. And I think you're right. Like, many people see this. I I think I'm going to, I may butcher this this reference, but uh, I think it was something that uh, Jeff Bezos was talking about. But, like... um, He said that there's, like, two types of decisions in life. Um, Some of them that you can reverse and some of them that you can't. Um, And um, he goes on, like, I'll try to find a link to the the whole thing. (laughs) I can read it. It's good. But basically, like, many people see, like, becoming a manager as a decision that's, like, not very easily reversible. Mm. Um, When I think, like... In reality, like it should, it should be like easy to to reverse, and like more people should give it a try, and more people should go back, <laughs> basically, because um, I think like we have so many talented people that like could be great managers that never give it a shot, and we also have maybe sometimes like people that shouldn't be managers that are <laughs> um and mm-hmm. would be best suited for uh an i c role so like 
I think having like a company that allows you that flexibility to be like really honest to be like, look, I'm going to give it a real shot. I'm going to do my best to do it. But mm -hmm. like, let's like sit back down like after a few months and evaluate, okay, has that been successful? Like, is this something that I still want to do? Um, and then like no hard feelings if like that's not it for me. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's totally like a great way to approach it. Nice. All right. This is this is good. This is uh this is like therapy for me. I mean, I feel like that's the whole show. Um I've been conning you since forever. Uh this is just a way for me. This is a therapy for me <laughs> for free. Uh <laughs> talk over my uh problems and talk over what I've been thinking and dealing with. Um thanks man. This is cool. This is good. This is good. Should we should we uh get to some side dishes before we go to, you know, uh, end on a very on such a heavy note? Yeah, let's do it. Um I added this in the show notes because uh, I think this article is complete bullshit. Um, so it's this <laughs> article from phonearena.com, which I don't even know how I landed on this, but I saw some people. I've never heard of this website. Yeah, before. I've never heard of it either. Um, uh, there's maybe a good reason for that. Uh, but um, basically the article says that um, the Facebook Messenger design update is live and oh boy, it's something else. Um, and I think I, I stumbled on this article because I saw people that were complaining about the new Messenger design uh, that just rolled out. So if you remember, like that was like announced or previewed like a, a while ago now. Um, and it, mm -hmm. it's this like more iOS, um, wait, iOS 11? Yeah, iOS 11 style, like with the big headers. Um, big headers, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's using like slightly different, like kind of typography, like less divider lines and everything. So just kind of ad adopting a newer style of design, uh, on iOS. Um, and basically like this article goes in to say like how, why and how it's a bad update. Um, and I completely disagree. Um, like some of the examples they have is like, um, like when you open the new Facebook Messenger at night, you're like blinded by the light. And it's like, but the old Messenger was also like just as white yeah. as this one. Like there's no difference. Um, so and like people are saying like about like the type hierarchy and everything. Like I think this like total, total BS. Um, I think they're comparing it to the uh, Snapchat update, like redesign that everyone hated. and. Like, this is so far from it. So anyways, um, just terrible article all around uh, from a <laughs> website that we, like, nobody ever even knows about. So uh, <laughs> maybe this is, maybe, like, we shouldn't even drive attention to it. But I think it's, like, if this is, at least to me, like, I don't doubt the fact that some people are complaining about it on Twitter. But it's, I really don't think it's founded. And I think... It's part of the pressure of releasing something new is that people will get attached to the old thing. Um, but but seriously, like sometimes you have to ignore your, your users a little bit and just push forward for positive change. Uh, because I think this app is just like so much cleaner than the older, older one. Um, I, I for having used it like I like it a lot. Um, and they're also testing out a dark mode for this app. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if they if they're going to bring some of those uh you know iOS 11e uh UI things to Android. Good question. I don't know. Let's see. Look at you Android user. No, it looks well, I don't have it, but maybe I just, you know, I just don't have it. <laughs> but eh, I don't know. All right, yeah, I don't use Messenger enough to have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> It looks all gay. It looks clean. It looks, you know, it's fine. Yeah, I really like it. Do you use Messenger? Like, you know, day-to-day, -day, you know. So I have I have one friend group that uses it, and that's, that's basically it. I also get mm -hmm. the random messages, like, from, from people of, like, just died, like, acquaintances, like, people that I've just seen once yeah. in an event or something who messaged me on there um so i do use it sometimes but not on a regular basis i see okay all right all right yeah i also have like one or two groups um especially because i 
I, I keep resisting joining, uh, you know, using WhatsApp. So some Android people and some family and whatever. That's the only way for them to reach me. You know, right. Cause, or, you know, use SMS. Like an animal. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is uh, this new app called Clay. <laughs> it's at clay.earth.com. Um, Wait. No, clay.earth. Not dot com. Oh, sorry. No TLD. I'm so yeah. Clay dot Earth. Clay dot Earth. <laughs> Damn it, new TLDs. I'm just like my brain is programmed to add dot com whenever I say a URL. Um, yeah. So basically, this is kind of an interesting app. So this is a CRM for uh, people <laughs> in your life. Um, so basically their their goal you can like check out the website like it it probably has like a better demo that will illustrate this better than i can explain it but um basically the gist of it is like anytime you have a conversation with someone um you should like after that conversation take like some notes on like what you talked about and like some things to remember about this person so that the next time you see them like you have something that like you can ask them about and you end up being like a more like thoughtful person um because like we've talked about this before my memory is terrible um Mm -hmm. and i often don't remember stuff and i have some some friends of mine that are extremely good at this that will have mentioned something like i'll have mentioned something like six months ago and then they will remember and every time i'm like holy crap like this is crazy um and i kind of want to be a person like that um so i'm like huh maybe this app would be interesting so my question for you is do you think this is crazy like do you think do you think this is nuts and just too much or is that something you'd use this is something i would totally use but i suspect that like it requires a lot of manual you know labor you have to manually put in a lot of stuff which i don't know if it's the case i haven't tried this uh but uh but and so if so then i know i will never use it like <laughs> it it just has to add something to my life if if it you know takes something out of my time and stuff then i know i won't use it yeah that's fair i think that's it's kind of like a to do list in that aspect of like we always want to have you know <laughs> to, to have like the perfect to do list all organized and everything but like Mm-hmm. Once we start to get busy, then we just like forget the to-do list and don't update it. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. Um, there's like a couple of things that this app does that are interesting. Like it tries to match with your calendar automatically to give you the mm-hmm. recommendation of the person. Uh, it has like really great search. It like pulls in from your the co- person's contact information. Uh, and I think there are like some of their social media. So I don't know. It's it's trying some interesting things. I'm I put myself on the list. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? I'm looking forward to try it. <laughs> cool. Then if when you do, let us know. We'll do. We'll do. All right. All right. Recommendations. Uh, so my recommendation this week is something that I'm actually <laughs> kind of excited about, um, it, and that is the uh, burst toothbrush. So uh, tell me about this. What is this? Okay, so this is, I mean, this is a sonic toothbrush. Uh, nothing, like, super crazy there. Um, sonic boom. I don't know. I just had, like, an old, like, Oral-B toothbrush before. <laughs> uh, that was getting kind of old. Do you have an electric toothbrush? Yeah. Oh, I never had one. Um, so I was like, ah, like, this is getting pretty old. Like, let me see if I could buy something. I had heard about Quip, uh, which is hmm. another one of these, like, direct-to-consumer startup that has, like, good design brushes um so i was like you know let, let me research this a little bit um and there's, there's this great video that i'll find a link and i'll put in the show notes <laughs> that compares a lot of these uh toothbrushes like even um like the fancier ones um and just like tries them out in like a series of different tests and it's insane like how much the burst blows all of them out of the water um hmm. it's like pre- like that video is extremely convincing they don't have like they don't test out every single like toothbrush under the sun so like i'm willing to accept that there might be something else that's maybe even better but um like that video was the first attempt at least at 
explaining the differences between toothbrushes in a way that makes sense. So they talk about how like um, how much they like sort of like splatter in your mouth. So obviously like you ideally want uh, to not like splash everywhere when you're brushing your teeth. Um, mm-hmm. And there's like different like designs of the the brush head that can do that. Um, which the burst is the best one of, of them. There's also like in terms of like the motion of uh, the isolation between like the toothbrush head and the handle. So ideally you don't want to have a lot of vibrations go to the handle because that's just like wasted energy and it also like goes into your hand, which is like not necessarily ideal. Um, it also looks amazing. Uh, I got it in black, um, so all black toothbrush uh, perfectly matches my aesthetic, um, and it was like forty bucks, um, so it's it's not that expensive. And I've been using it for the past couple of days, uh, and it's great. Like I feel my, like I'm going to the dentist every day, so um, highly recommend it. Dang it! So caveat, I just tried to buy one, uh, but they only ship to United States or Canada, so keep that in mind. Uh, can't do it. it. Well, that's unfortunate. Black market. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next time you're in the U.S. Well, I am in the U.S. right now. (gasps) Actually, if they ship it like, you know, in a day or two, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what the the speed is, but uh, they're very good. Um, And one thing that's super cool that I never had with my electric toothbrush before is uh, I would like often wake up in the morning and like turn on the toothbrush and realize, oh, it's out of battery. (laughs) um and this one has a like a little red light that tells you when the battery is below 20 percent, so you can charge it (laughs) never have that bad surprise technology um so yeah it's pretty great uh one of my best purchases in a while so check it out cool uh my recommendation is also like a thing for the household i guess um uh it's it's a bunch of uh, kitchen knives (laughs) So not like any in particular, uh, but it's just this uh, brand. It's they're very well known. It's Global, so Global Knives. Um, I mean, it's not just knives. They do like a bunch of cutlery in general. And it's, uh, it's this like Japanese style, um, style knives. And like the design of these, I just fell completely in love. And this recommendation is like part of the, you know, the uh, Rafa got a new apartment and is, you know, has to go over some of the essentials again um saga series <laughs> stay tuned for more uh and this is the first time i like invested some money you know in in good uh cooking knives i never had before um i had like okay knives and like a couple of hand me overs handovers uh from you know my mom and stuff but i never bought my own quote-unquote good kitchen knives and boy, does it make a difference. I mean, this is this is obvious for anyone who has in the past. But dang, first they look amazing. I love their their design of of their knives. And I bought this, I bought this this set which has like two kitchen knives, one uh, like peeler, and one um, like kitchen um, scissor. Um, hmm. And they all all they all look you know part of the same you know brand and look and feel right. and they, they they feel premium i never had anything as sharp uh, in my hands before <laughs> it's kind of dangerous also <laughs> so keep in mind um those are very very sharp um and honestly if, if, if you cook at all having a good um having a good set of, of kitchen knives of cooking knives is makes the world of difference so if you're planning on getting one maybe it's your first uh, first set or if not if you're planning to just maybe upgrade your own your own uh, thing uh, try try global I'm putting a link in the show nice. notes I've, I so are awesome. those the ones that the handle is like like little dots yes so nice. the handle is like the same piece it's like a one piece of metal so you don't have like a now a wooden um, handle um, for example so it's one single piece but then it has like a little perforations with black dots in it which is just for for grip, um, so yeah. I mean, they're very like they're very easily recognizable. Yeah, they look pretty awesome. I'd say the only downside on, in terms of visuals is how big their logo is on the knife itself. Um, 
<laughs> Maybe that goes away. Yeah, after, I haven't noticed their usage a little bit, but they blend in a little bit. Yeah, they're not as prominent as in these pictures okay. on the website, at least. Cool. It's in your it's in your photo of my set. Yeah, post one of your actual set. Um, nice, very good. One thing we should do before uh, we leave is uh, give a special shout out. Um, special shout out. Yeah. So uh, this week, uh, shout out to uh, Gunnar Solan uh, for uh, recommending us uh, on Twitter. Uh, so Boom. thanks a lot for that. Saw that. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Okay. Well, that's it for the show. If you want to get in touch with us and then maybe uh, get a shout out on the ne- on next week's episode, uh, you can uh, tweet at us. We are at Layout FM. And uh, individually, I am at Rafa Hari and Kevin is at Vernal Kick. You can also follow us for uh, hashtag hot takes. Not really. Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode and for all of the other episodes. And you can find links to subscribe. Links, uh, if you want to sponsor us, um, you can also find all of the all of that information on our website um, designed by Mr. Kevin Clark. Uh, and you can visit it at layout.fm on the webs. Um, once again, our thanks to DuckDuckGo for sponsoring uh, this week's episode. And once again, if you're looking for an amazing gig, uh, you can they're hiring so you can go to duckduckgo.com slash hiring um, again they're looking for a senior visual designers and lastly uh, our show is part of the spec fm network so if you're looking for more shows to listen to uh, check them out uh, spec.fm that's their website and uh, I'll see you soon talk to you soon Kevin alright bye boom <laughs> <laughs>